Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. I'm trying to adjust this so I'm not as pale. It's uh, how are you feeling, by the way, Matt? You were under Jimmy, the weather, Jimmy. I feel so bad that I did not make your show over the weekend. I That's never, okay. I never get sick, even during the whole pandemic, the COVID. Right? When do you ever hear me sick? Never. Right? You just didn't want to uh, see your I, friends. See, I understand. I had a virus 24. I, it was more than 24 hours, but I did not leave my bed. I did oh, not. Wow. I was I I lost some weight. I was a little lighter. I was like 187 the next day, dude. I'm fucked up. Like, I'm not, dude. I was fucked. I didn't eat for a whole day. Yeah. I was fucked up. But enough of that. I'm back now. I heard your show was great. I don't know if you've seen my guys there, but I had an army. No, there. they were welcome to. I told Kenny if anybody from Matt's place comes by, have them come up and say hello. Yeah, they had a lot. They were in like a special. They had like their own that, that box or whatever you call that thing over there. They had oh, own. okay, yeah. I didn't see them, but they were more than welcome to come up. They Kenny, anyone who said they were looking just to find you to find Kenny would have uh, to come up. Before we get the great John Hackleman, trainer okay. of champions, in here, and Azim uh, Sadikov, or is it Sadikov? I'm going to ask him exactly how he wants Nas. us to say I that. Call, we call, like to call him Nas. He's he's my guy. He's, he's okay. Now, yes, he's a fighter of ours. I, he did great. Listen, he sure did. But before we do any of that, I want to play yeah. a little video for you. If you remember, back when the Schmo was on, back January 30th, when we heard the news yep. of the great John Jones fighting Cyril Gunn. Yes. Let's, let's play that. Producer, bring it in. Play the video. It's been 10 years, I believe, since Jones had a submission win. I, I'm not saying Jones can't win that fight, but I don't see him just taking Cyril down and strangling him. That doesn't mean he doesn't have the ability to fucking do it. If I had pillow hands, I wouldn't have the ability to switch up my game plan when I went for the title. Yeah, bricks. John Jones, it's not like he doesn't have that in his fucking arsenal. He does. Sure. What's a good thing to bring into a fucking major heavyweight, heavyweight fight with a title on the line? Oh, let's do something people haven't seen before. Fuck yeah. Maybe. Let's go yeah. back. Hey, Jake, make note of this. We're going back to this fucking date. <laughs> We're going to make a clip out of this. He's going to strangle him. Round one. What do you want to fucking say? Either one of you. Now, Jones, Cyril gone. We've both, we've both, um, you think he's going to take him out on the floor and strangle him. And I think he's going to uh, go to a decision. I also think Jones is a very, very smart fighter. And he's also going to be very aware of getting caught can be a problem. What if I did the podcast like this? I'd prefer it. First round sub. No. First round sub. Okay. You know what? You've picked some really interesting ones lately, and you've been right about everything. I haven't been right about everything. No, no, no. But I mean, when you've picked a couple of fights, you've picked them, you've analyzed them well before the fight, and you were right. I, I, I told, uh, I told, uh, two, I think two of our three last guests how well you've been picking fights lately. I've been shit. Thank you, Jimmy. I love when you give me compliments. All right, oh, let's. Oh, wow. Let's say here's the interesting part. First of all. <clears throat> Nobody likes a sore winner, but Matradamus. Not only oh did I pick Jones in the decision incorrectly, I then switched my picks. I like when we have opposite picks. I think it's more fun that way for us. Yeah, to Cyril gone in the third round. So I was totally wrong 
You were, yeah. and by the way, did I not text you immediately after and say write again? And did I not text you? Yes, you did. And then I, I not text you not to triple down on it immediately before to triple down and say first round. Yes. Up. And you, t- let's I'm talk about this. Good. Here's where I was also, first of all, I, 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 whenever I watch myself, I remember how much I blink. So my apologies to anybody that is, I don't know how you tolerate looking at me. I and more it. importantly, I thought Jones, I got a little bit worried about my Cyril pick when Jones came in at 248 and Cyril came in at 247.5. You want to bring in John Hackam and we could talk about yeah. this with him because I'd love yeah. to hear his perspective too. Yes. But Jimmy, like you said. Yep. Like you I'm said, a stupid asshole. And you've been okay. great, Matt. You picked some really good ones. Matt, nobody's picking first round submission. I can't. You go, Matt, I looked at all the other. No, you didn't say this. No, and I did but, say you've been picking no, some no, good didn't fights. Say that. But who else picked first round sub besides myself? Who? I honestly don't know. Nobody, Jimmy. Nobody, yeah. Nobody. What's up, guys? How, How are you? Doing? Good. How are you? I, I can't. If that, I couldn't be any better. I actually you know, couldn't be any better. Isn't, isn't the martial arts the fountain of youth? We live very similar lives. We are, we are both at our dojos. Uh, I'm sure six, seven days a week. I'm there a lot. I'm, I see you always there. Yeah. It's what we do, John, isn't it? It's, it's our life. It's our life. And, and we wish that everybody, everybody understood what a great and fulfilling life it is. This martial arts is, I, I thank God every day I wake up. You, you know what's funny, John? The other day I had Longo stop by my school and uh, he, he came down, he brought one of his guys, uh, Stephen Lee, he's one of our fighters. He came down to spa with a couple of my guys and he walks in and I'm doing the master's classes on a Wednesday night. And uh, it's 7.30. He goes, what the? So Longo, now this is a 40 and overs class. I love doing it. You know, I like to keep people on the mats. And sometimes some of the older guys, it's not that they can't hang with the younger guys. But, you know, you got you know, an older gentleman with his purple belt. You got a young kid. just They don't know any better. They're just argh, spazzing out. I like to keep my guys on the mat. So Longo comes in with him. He's looking. He goes, what kind of class is this? There's not a – everybody's hair is gray as shit. What is it? He's actually heckling them. The guy, Longo is 64. But he's so young at heart because he's around these young guys. He's in the martial arts. Not to mention he has like hair like John Travolta. Yeah. yeah. But it's like with that mentality, like, I don't know. It just he's keeps you young is what I'm saying. It keeps you young. It keeps you young, I think. The I, I think it does. I, I love. Yeah, I love it. There's nothing. There's nothing in the world I'd rather do. And I have an older class, too. The OGs come in and uh, a lot of them are black belts from way back. And, and it's. There's just something, there's something about martial arts, you know, you're more, you know, you're more the, the BJJ side. I'm more the striking side, but we both do both and we yes. both love both. And uh, it's, there's, there's nothing better. Nothing better. Now, now John, I don't know if you heard like the, right before we brought you in, we were uh, playing tape of me like an asshole uh, incorrectly uh, predicting the fight. Um, and Matt pr- picked uh, first round sub brilliantly. He picked it back at the end of January. He said he was going to pull him down and strangle him in the first round. Did you have this uh, Jones fight uh, picked, or, or did you think it was going to be a decision? What did you think was going to happen? Uh, I thought I thought it was going to be Jones within the first or second round, and I thought right. it would definitely be something to do with wrestling because I don't think uh, I don't think Ciro had the anti wrestling 
embedded in him good enough yet. Like, like remember Chuck did, you know, that he would, he, you know, he's just as good as Cyril is. He's just not, he just, he just doesn't have that yet. And he all, he has a lot of ability, but let's talk attitude. There's one thing to be like, there's one thing to be like, uh, maybe he doesn't have to be like DC and get emotional and, and cry, but yeah, he was like, ah, shucks. Fuck. <laughs> he was like, yeah. oh, it didn't go my way. He didn't. Um, he doesn't get too upset. I don't know. Yeah. He, he, he just I'm very upset uh, about what? About everything. He's chuckling. But are you really very upset? You know, I don't know. I, I, maybe people handle it differently. Probably but shell-shocked. He, what else do you think it could be? Maybe he's not that competitive. I don't know. But maybe look at you could say that against somebody, like about somebody that's maybe in the lower end. But someone that's made it that far in different uh, genres of martial arts, kickboxing, and now UFC champion, I would think first, like, why aren't you that upset? Does I mean, you, you should be that upset. You should be that passionate about it. But look what he's done already. So it's like maybe that's just the way he handles that kind of stuff because he seems to be, by his record and his history, a very competitive guy. Right. Is it, is, is it possible, John, or like sometimes we all suffer humiliations in life, whatever it is. And I, no matter how good Jones is or how a first round sub in that fashion, it's, it's embarrassing. Nobody wants to lose that way. Even though Cyril's a great fighter, everyone has an ego and maybe it's crushing and you can't even begin to look at how bad that feels. So you're like, Hey, whatever it is. It's okay. And you deal with that later when you get in, into the back when you're alone, because nobody, this is not, wasn't like it was a, a fourth round sub or, a, you know, a decision. This was a tough way to lose. It's a tough way to lose. But, but as somebody at that level, I mean, I've been with some guys that level and, and I'm sure Matt has too, but, um, but some, some guys just handle it different externally. I don't know what's going on inside a guy like Steven Seiler, you know, Steven Seiler. I mean, that guy, you know, he fought an ultimate fighter and he's, he had a bunch of UFC fights. He beat uh he beat, he's been a couple good guys, but um, he just, I never seen him before, during, or after a fight, win, lose, knockout, knockout, by either. He just always is like, okay, hey, who's winning the game? Anybody know about the game? He'd be walking out of the cage, you know, just won a huge fight, you know, and, and he's like, hey, man, who won that, who won that game today? And he's just, some guys are handled different. Chuck, I never saw Chuck, uh, I never saw Chuck go, go like that. What about you? How are you? How are you? With uh, you you're probably pretty emotional, I would bet. Uh, you know, you're, you're I a had, passionate I, guy. Yeah, I had some, I had some close fights that, you know, I had the one fight where they, the one time ever that they actually, raised my hand and then backstage they gave it, they reversed it with my buddy, Dean Thomas. So I've had some weird ones that were like, and so, yeah, I, I'd probably be a little bit more, emo not emotional where I'm crying out of like being upset, but more like a little pissed off. Yeah. yeah I see that. Little like, I'll uh, be like that. Uh, you know, unless it was like, unless it was like a fight where I knew, like I did, I, like a fight, like where I didn't get the decision with Matt Hughes. I felt good that I just got my hands on him and I threw him around and shit. So I was like, ah. So I don't know. I but my my point with Cyril Gunn is, and I don't want to kick anybody when he's down because I do think he's a great fighter.
But I feel something similar when he lost to Francis, which he's like, yo, if I only didn't make, in my mind, if he only didn't make that one mistake in the fifth round by do, by laying down with the leg lock, he could have been more adamant about that afterwards. Like, look, I, I, I took him down. I lost the fight. He didn't really win it. I went for the leg lock. He got on top. I gave away the fifth round. My bad. Not really his good. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just think that's what you're looking at now when you look at him and you, you look at how he handled that loss. I think that's, that's part of it. Maybe uh, I mean, look at Stipe. He doesn't even, even talking to a, uh, I might've been Megan Olivia. I don't remember who after Stipe is very, very kind of not emotional about it. He goes, yeah, let's see what my coaches want to do. And Stipe is very, very low key, whether he wins or loses. He doesn't uh, say, so yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe that is just the way Cyril handles that shit. Yeah. I don't know. That's going to be an interesting fight right there. I mean, yeah, really, yeah. Well, let's just touch, let's touch on that. Okay. Because I've seen Stipe, now I've seen him grapple. And he's not a guy that you're just going to take down and sub. I'm not making that prediction. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I predicted this last one because I seen what would happen. I felt in my heart there's a difference in levels. Man, Stipe is hard to put down. I've seen him submit some of my black belts. He's he's good on the floor, man. And then you look at what he did at the likes of guys like, like Overeem and and big, tall, strong heavyweights. Man, he beat Francis that first time. I, that's a whole different animal. That's a, that is, is a very wow. intriguing fight. Yeah, yeah. And, and his work ethic is, 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 I mean, he's just such a blue-collar firefighter, paramedic, UFC champion. That's, that's a pretty impressive. Uh, you imagine, like, going in for a job and you got to have a resume. He's like, you know, paramedic. Uh, firefighter, UFC heavyweight champion. Yeah, like, yeah. all right, you're hired. I mean, that, that's a resume that guy has. And he carries it with him, too. I mean, that's that's a busy – he must have, like, Franklin Covey, you know, for for his he, he, his productivity and his planning must be pretty hard to plan that guy's life. Yeah, and you wonder, does it make somebody's attitude when they're fighting different? Like, everyone has a, a life outside of fighting, but the fact that he volunteers to fight fires – I mean, you can't do anything more dangerous than fight fire. So you wonder, does that change the way you see the the outcome of, of a fight? Meaning, is it less frightening for you or less at stake there because of what you do during your regular life? I think the same way about Tim Kennedy. You know, right? that's, that's a good point. And I feel the same way about Tim Kennedy. It's like, you know, Tim Kennedy started at the pit, by the way. But anyway, yeah. um, so you, you look at someone like Tim Kennedy and he's going to go in there and fight this really – macho muscular looking guy but then you think wait he was getting shot at in the middle i i don't think that intimidates him very much so that i thought that imagine if he was on that bus that bus that they threw the you know he threw the, yeah. the metal through imagine if tim kennedy was on that bus he'd be like james bond man he'd be coming out of that bus probably with all kind of weapons all of it that would have been a whole different outcome tim kennedy was such i mean I know he's retired now, but such a great fighter. Oh, I mean, he, you know, he. Be, I mean, people don't realize he beat Hodger Gracie. He beat. I mean, I, I mean, Hodger Gracie's one of the best jujitsu. I know it's jujitsu, but Hodger Gracie's a phenomenal. And he beat him at his own game. He like stuffled him, and he had him up against the cage. He like out grappled him in MMA. It was yeah. wild. And that Yo Romero fight, he really got screwed on when the uh, Yoel was the long up. count. Yeah, I saw the long count. Yeah, and, really and, long. And, and afterwards, he was holding him accountable about it. You know, I mean, uh, it was something else. It's interesting. Now, let me let me ask you something. Because, um, for instance, you said he's a pit fighter. 
He is a pit fighter, but if you watch him fight and you watch Chuck Liddell fight, you totally different styles. Yeah. What do you as a trainer, John? What do you what do you do? You, you don't just make a cookie cutter. Do you, you like no. to play this? you play to their strengths and yeah, what yeah. That? What's your mindset? Yeah. yeah, it's 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 because I like I like it standing, you know, and and Glover likes it on the ground. You know, it's like yeah. opposites attract. Remember Paul yeah. Abdul? You know, it's like, it's like Ray Longo. You, you yeah. what? It's like myself and Ray Longo. Yeah, like yeah. Balance each other out. Ray Longo loves the standing and. And then, yeah, so together, you know, if, if I, like right now on the team, probably half my guys would rather go to the ground and half my guys would rather keep it standing. So during training, you know, I got I to gotta kind of do a little of both and maybe focus on one guy doing this and that guy doing other. And it can't be a cookie cutter because the fighters aren't, aren't, aren't all going to be the same. So it's doing them a disservice if I try to train them all the same. So guys like, you know, guys like Chuck, you know, he, he knew exactly what he wanted to do and, and how to train him. And then towards the end of his career, I kind of wanted him doing more takedowns and let, you know, getting hit less maybe, you know, cause he had great wrestling and he had great jujitsu under John Lewis, you know? Yeah. So oh, oh, a shout out to old school John Lewis. Yeah. But he chose even at the end of his career, I was like, take him down quick. You know, don't get so much damage. He goes, I don't want to. I'm not going to do that. You know, even if I can take him down, I want to keep it standing. That's what I like to do. That's what the crowd wants. That's what I'm going to keep doing. Whether it meant him getting KO'd or not, he chose and he wouldn't take him down. That's it. Was that because like, like, do, like guys who just love the feeling of knocking somebody out, did it kind of come down to that? Like, even though you knew he could wrestle, it just felt better to knock somebody out? I think that was just him. Yeah, that was that was his... That was his everything. And that's, he wanted the crowd. He wanted to entertain the crowd and he wanted to punch someone in the face. So you put those things together yeah. and that makes, that makes for a good fighter right there. And he was good at wrestling. He was a wrestler all through college and he was great at, at, at BJJ, but he wanted to keep us standing. Even if it meant towards the end of his career, you know, uh, you know, getting, getting KO'd because his chin, you know, did kind of leave him there. Now, Jimmy, and are you, let me tell you, if you have, I don't know if, if uh, the great John Ackerman still does private lessons, but if he does, Jimmy, and you're in Vegas, Jimmy likes that. Listen, Jimmy could, my, just so you know about my friend, Jimmy, John, he's in New York City. And, you know, I worry about him sometimes. He, and he goes on the subway. He's not a, he's not a big gentleman. Now, John Ackerman is, has one of the nastiest left hooks. From the jump that you'd ever seen. I know, I watch you, John. I watch your videos. And it's nice and relaxed. And it just, I'm not even going to pretend to show it. Because it took a, lot, a while for Longo to get my, my left hook somewhat respectable. But for a street situation, you love that left hook, don't you? I love it. I love it, for, I love it for the street and for the, for the cage. Any sport, bring your cage. Because it's right there. It's yeah. so much close. This this two feet right here, that's like an eternity in a real fight because yeah. it takes that long. It's like in slow motion. Look what happened with who threw that over right. He overthrew the right hand and got taken down right away uh, this John weekend. Jones. That, was, that was the main event. The, the main. Do you see what his yeah. main punch was? Yes. And he, instead of a snapping punch, 
like you, you know, that's a lot safer for the street. That's a great boxing punch because they can't do takedowns in boxing. So it's okay if you give up your back once in a while. Like a spinning back kick for Val, Valerie, uh, you know. Valentina, yeah. That wouldn't have been that much of a problem for Benny the Jet Yukini. He's the best kickboxer who ever lived. If he missed a spinning back kick and he overshot it, the guy has his back. There's no takedowns. So things change so much for the street because in the cage, that's 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 right there. That's our testing ground right there. The cage is the testing ground for the street. So if you throw that right hand and overthrow it, next thing you know, some guy in the street is going to slip it, get your back, lift you up, slam you down, hit your head on the ground. Next thing you know, you're waking up in a nursing home with a tracheostomy. So those kind of things mean so much. Those little movements, like instead of snapping it, they overthrow it or that spinning back kick, you know, if for, it was too wide. If it was shorter, it would have hit, but it was a little too wide. She got her back. Imagine what would have happened in the street. Every time I watch a fight like that I'm in the UFC, it's like, I'm how would that work in the street? How would that work? And that's, that's how I started the pit back in 1985. Uh -huh. you know, what, what's going to work in here versus what's going to work in the street. I, I started in LA. And, and then little by little, I'm teaching these guys. I called it Hawaiian Kempo. I made that system back in 85. And then all of a sudden, I get to some guy with a mohawk. And, they, and next thing I know, we're taking a private plane to go fight somewhere. So, That's how it started? Let's yeah. say about your – now, for the people that don't know, they, a lot of times they – Oh, that's the guy with the, the that's Chuck's coach with the glasses in the in his corner because you got you and Chuck are always together. About yourself, what is your background in the martial arts for people that don't know? What did you get started with? I got started in Honolulu, Hawaii. I'm from Honolulu, Hawaii, and I don't know if you know it or not, but I had long blonde hair, and they don't like people with any kind of blonde hair, you know. And, you know, so they have a thing. They call them howlies, and it's what a yes. white person is. And there was kill howly day, beat up the howly. Give me your lunch money, Howley. So I started training really young in a system called Kaju Kempo, karate, judo, jiu-jitsu, kempo, and boxing. And that's where that it was formulated in Honolulu, Hawaii in 1947 because all the military guys were over, white guys, and the locals didn't like that. So five locals got together and made up this street fighting system called Kaju Kempo. And that was my style. And it wasn't like Miyagi. It was more like the Cobra Kai guys. You know, they were black keys and they loved to fight. And there wasn't, you know, it wasn't an Asian type, you know, atmosphere. It was more street atmosphere. So Kaju Kempo is a very, you know, pretty hardcore martial art. It was a mixture of martial arts, a lot of takedowns, a lot of pounding on the ground. Not many submissions, except for a couple chokes, but a lot of ground and pound in Kaju Kempo. And um, so when I started opening my school in L.A., and that, well, I brought it up here into San, San Luis Obispo in 1990, and then I'm just teaching the belt system and the guys to learn, learn, you know, how to defend themselves, mainly cops and stuff, local yeah. cops. And then all of a sudden, there's a guy with a mohawk, and he's saying, hey, can I go fight in this new UFC thing? It's like, bro, we're just training. We're going to be, you know, I don't do that anymore. He's like... Oh, come on, I think I can make it. I was like, okay, if you want to do it, let's do it. Next thing I know, we got, you know, Chuck and Glover and Cord and this and that. And 
It, the whole thing, now that he, Glover's done, I'm done, I can go back to Hawaiian Kempo teaching people how to defend themselves on the street and not let people take their lunch money. How long were you training, John, before kids in school realized, oh, this guy can really fight now or we're not going to be able to fuck with him anymore? How long did that take from when you started? That was that was my it was weird because it was, it's a Texera thing. Like Global Texera was like one of my top fighters. The guy in school was Daryl Texera and he was picking on me. And we got to this big fight. I was in I was probably 12 years old, maybe 13. And the whole school was there. Kill the howly, kill the howly, you know. And I ended up beating him up because I've been training at this really tough martial arts gym, Patrick Kempo with Walter Godin, who spent a lot of time in prison. But he was a very good, tough instructor. And uh, so I, I beat up Daryl Teixeira. And now nothing was the same ever again. It was, I was, I mean, that followed me through high school, you know, because Daryl Teixeira was a big, tough guy. You know, probably one of the biggest, toughest guys in school. And for the skinny Howley kid to beat him up, you know, everybody's like, oh, shit, I'm not going to try to take his lunch money. So that that changed my life in such a way that I want everybody to feel that. Whether you're an adult and your wife is picking on you and, and bullying you, you know, or you're a kid and they're bullying you in the schoolyard. I don't want anyone to ever feel bullied again. And uh, so that's how that's why I started. And that's why I got passionate about it. And then, and then I, I love fighters just because I was a fighter, you know, and, 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 you know, most of my, my, you know, people know my name mainly out there because of, you know, fighters like Chuck and Glover and Cord and stuff. But, but, but my real passion is, is in the community level, teaching everybody how to keep their lunch money, right. whether it's, whether you're an adult or a kid yeah. and there's not too old. I mean, I love, I love my OG students, man. A lot of my parents or even grandparents of the kids that are training, you know, they'll start training because they, they realize, hey, you, I could train at my age. I go, hell yeah. And the next thing I know, I said, try a week, you know. And next thing you know, they're going for their black belt at 60-some years old. And I love that. I'm 54. I want to start. I keep saying it. I started before the pandemic and then that, that kind of fucked everything up. But I, I should over. go back. Pandemic's over. Yep, I know. It's time. You'll never feel better. What did you think of, because uh, I know you've talked about throwing in the towel. I, I liked that Brunson's, because I love Derek Brunson, so I, I liked that his guys saw that he really was getting hurt. Um, and do you think it was that last shot that Duplessis threw, or was it just by that point it was over anyway? First of all, I love it too. And, um, and I, you know, people tell me, I've even, I had somebody post something to say, Oh, you, the MMA, you're not allowed to throw in the towel. UFC, you're not allowed to throw in the towel. I've thrown in the towel in the UFC, in the WEC, in the pride. I've thrown in the towel when I felt my fighter needed it. And I've never, I've never been sanctioned. I've never been fined or in trouble, but they do discourage it. They want you to get the attention of one of the commissioners then they get the attention of the referee. So by then, your fighter is dead. So the, yeah. you don't want to do that. So throwing in the towel, um, it, it shouldn't be discouraged. Uh, and and, and I, think, I think he was both hurt with that last shot, really looked bad. And then before that, right before that, he looked exhausted. Yeah. 
And and I think the combination exhaustion is is such a terrible way to go, you know. So I love the fact that they threw in the towel. I really do. Yeah. More guys should do it. Yeah. No, I'm 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 with you on that. I really am. And uh, we really uh, we touched base a little bit on it, but a, a new champion, Alexa Grasso. I mean, uh, amazing. I, I and I'll tell you, in a very competitive fight. And I was kind of surprised when Joe Rogan was asking Valentina, well, what do you want to do next? Do you want to fight some of the top like contenders or do you want an immediate rematch? I think that's a no brainer. Of course she is deserving of an immediate rematch. I'm not shitting on Joe. I mean, maybe somebody said it in his earpiece, but I'm just saying, you know, obviously that's an immediate rematch. Don't you think guys? I mean, I would think. I also think that he just, sometimes you want to hear the, it's better if you can get the fighter to say, I want a rematch. Um, and, and sometimes you ask a question, you know, the answer to anyway, and he might've said, do you think, yeah. do you want to fight these? No, no, I want the rematch. And now Valentina said she wants the rematch. So maybe yeah. that was just the, the reason it, for it too. It was a one spinning. It was like, it was one spinning back kick, you know, that caught, that cost the whole fight. She's like playing that so much in her mind right now, that one spinning back kick, which is such a great technique when it lands. But you should always throw it with your right leg, not with your left leg. She was throwing a left leg one, which doesn't cause as much damage because the one thrown with the right goes right to the liver. And that's why it's so dangerous. And that's why people drop from that like crazy. When you throw it with your left leg, it lands on the spleen side, which doesn't hurt quite as much. And it doesn't cause as much paralysis. As you know, when you get hit in the liver, that's that's what happens, right? And yeah. you have a little, I mean, imagine getting getting hit with a spinning back fist. Imagine that, John. You remember that one. You were the giver, weren't you, in that one? Listen, you know what's great about that one is, and you remember back then, I had the honor of, uh, you know, being the first uh, person in the UFC to get stopped with a spinning, probably with a spinning anything. <laughs> Cause back then it was like, oh, you never turn your back. Probably for reasons what happened to Valentina. People probably just had that old, that, that old mythos in their uh in their in their brain. But you know, back then it's so funny. Like I had talk about a strategy of showing your hand. I just had a straight line at somebody. I didn't, I re, I truly, um, John, I truly did not have the hours clocked in uh, uh, with the stand-up department. Uh, I was really doing a lot of learning on the job. I was very raw. And I'm, and you, as a gentleman who's uh, a striking expert, if you ever watched like, my fight with Shoney, uh, and then you watch, I mean, I'm not saying which fight you can go to, maybe Frank Trigg, but, uh, or else uh, George St. Pierre, the first one. Now, you'll see how much a difference like 10 years makes. So, not, not, no, not yet. That was like five years of just doing straight up sparring. So it's all about being predictable. Like, you know what I mean? Shoney, even in our other fight, he knew I would just want to get a hold of him. So he would just leave the leg out there. I'd grab it. He'd let it go and hit me. It was horrible. Now me looking at it, it's like my fight IQ obviously has gotten raised. I'm like, how am I falling for this? But anyway, um, the spinning hey, John, hammer, right away, was it? Spinning wish, hammer blow or spinning back fist? It was a Which spinning you, back, back fist, but it, it, that reminds me. I wish we were in studio so I'd have you give me a left hook and a hit in the balls after bringing up that spinning back fist. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Just getting accurate. 
Wow. By the wow. way, you, you left, your, your left hook, you always scares me. I mean, because I'm a righty, so my left hand would be out. It always just seems yeah. like I wouldn't be able to get momentum on a left hook. It just doesn't feel like I would throw an effective left hook. At well, this point, I wouldn't. Well, if you're a southpaw, you'd, you'd be a – you're right. When I say left hook, the, the word left is synonymous with lead for me. Right. So whatever is leading is your left. You know what I right. mean? But I, I, I think that, that what takes the time is you just have to practice starting your hip movement from right here because everybody wants to pull it back and get that extra inch or two, right? Mm -hmm. But while you're trying to get that extra inch or two, you're com completely opening yourself up for a counter. They, it's like, that's what telegraphing. I mean, that's the word telegraph. How many times yeah. you heard that? Don't telegraph. This is telegraphing, yeah. right? Just like with the right hand, this is telegraphing. With the left hook, and you want to do that because most people throw with and do things with power from their rear side, right? You don't throw a ball from here. You throw it with your backside. So it is a lot it takes a lot more work with the left hook because you just got to drill it over and over, hold the paddle there, let somebody hold it. And don't, when you can throw three out of five left hooks and they can't drop the paddle because they don't see you pulling back. That's, that's when you know that you're making progress on the left hook. And you always, always visualize the chin, never the cheek, not the temple, always visualize in your head, when you're throwing the left hook, thinking of it, think of it landing on the on the chin because it will that much more. Did you turn around when you did the spinning technique? Did you turn your head first? Who me? Yeah. When I got hit with it? No, when you hit. When you hit. When I oh, I didn't use. I got hit with it. When I oh, when I hit with it, I used it with when I used my. I actually used it to win the uh, Ultimate Fighter. That's how ironic it is. Because I hit Chris Lido with one. I would always do it with, I would do like a lead sidekick and then let it fall and go into it. Like, and then a lot of times it's not knocking the guy out, but it would fucking, like with Chris, it hit his head. He got pissed about it, came at me and I took him down. Other times when somebody's coming after me, I would make like I'm going away and yeah. then cut the angle and let him go into it. That's, that's uh. how I would. I, I never used that in a fight, but I dropped some guys in sparring with that. Okay. Like, they follow me, follow Wait, me, follow you me. got hit with one? Oh, me? I got yeah. hit with several. No, you got hit with one in a big fight? John, we John Hackleman, how's your memory? Are you serious? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, oh, you Matt, Matt thought you were teasing him. Why would I do that? I love this guy. <laughs> I'm talking about spin techniques. He, no, he's fucking with me. I, I think John Hackleman's literally fucking with me. You know Shoney Carter? I know Shoney Carter. I've I work with him. Wait, are you? I worked his corner. Wait, hold on. You realize I got knocked out by Shoney Carter with the spinning bag? I was talking about. Uh, I wasn't talking about that fight. Oh, I thought this whole time you're breaking my balls. Are we? Are we all on the same page? Yeah, we are now. I am. Yeah. A, I am a ball breaker, Jimmy. Is he effing with me, or does John Hackleman know? I couldn't tell at first, but no, I think that he wasn't saying it for that no. reason. I think he was actually asking you because you referenced no. it. And he was saying, would, "Did you mean?" To be I honest, don't. if I thought, if I knew that you got you got dropped with it, yeah, it was the first one, first I one did. in the UFC, right? The, the first I knockout that way, Matt. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, know. Over this. I, I, I didn't know that. I would, I would never say that because to me, I would want someone to say that to me. Oh, I, I would never, I would never in a million years 
say that because I feel you're that would be disrespectful. Me. You're such a gentleman. I'm used to people are not gentlemen, like my good friend Ray Longo. So I'm <laughs> sorry. Let me tell yeah. you, not only did I get knocked out with it, it was at UFC uh, 31, the same you're gonna. I don't know if you're gonna remember the victory I'm gonna talk about because you've been in so many corners when Chuck Liddell knocked people out. But people were worried about Chuck when he was gonna about, about to fight this gentleman. But he knocked him out in the opening seconds. It was on the same card where I did this. Oh yeah, Kevin Randleman. Okay, yeah. I you know I'm not a huge uh, sport fan. I don't really watch most of the fights. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't watch. I don't watch that many fights. I think you um, watched that one. Up Which, close. Yeah, yeah. But I'm usually in the corner, then I'm out, then I'm back. I'm the same way. I don't want do you watch any sports at all, or do you? No, I, I've I, never watched a football game in my life. I've never wow. watched a basketball game, and I've never watched a baseball uh baseball, football, or what's the third one? Baseball. Uh, basketball. Basketball. I've never watched basketball or soccer. Yeah. Listen, I can't I, stand I, it. I can relate, I can relate to you. And I told Jimmy this. Jimmy knows yeah. this about me. It's true. Don't Invite me to a Super Bowl party. I don't give. I don't. I don't know who's in it. I don't. I don't. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't like. I'm the type of guy because I'm a positive guy. I don't like to like crap on anybody's enthusiasm. So when people get excited about a ball game, a baseball or football, I even ask them like, "What makes it?" Like I know. Listen, when there's a UFC on, it's the only thing I watch. I love watching the fights because yeah. it excited. Like, this last weekend, like, oh, I can't wait. I like. I get excited, but. Because it's combat, it's it's martial arts, and it's something I've always been into. But I don't, I just don't understand as much. And then when they try to explain, like, oh, they get this much closer to the, 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 the I don't know. I still don't know why they like it. <laughs> be honest. I don't know. People just grew up on it. I think it's about yeah. what they grew up with. It's fun yeah. to watch, but it, it once. UFC kind of wrecked other sports for me. Like, and plus the fighters I've interviewed. I've interviewed so many fighters in the last fifteen years or twelve years. They're all nice. Like I, I like the, the the humility of fighters even more than I like boxers. Definitely more than I like guys in the NBA, NFL, uh, MLB. The fighters were the, were the guys I thought were the nicest to the fans. Uh, they were the most humble. They were the most the nicest to talk to. And then you see what they do, and it's just kind of hard not to enjoy watching it. So nothing else can kind of compete with uh, with with fighting as far as nothing. what I like to watch. Nothing, because most fighters are true martial artists. Not all. There's a couple that that are kind of just you know you, it leaves a bad taste if you sure. watch them. They just don't have that. But I, I'd say ninety. I'd say ninety nine percent of MMA fighters, especially fighters that make it up to the level of the UFC, are truly, truly martial artists in and out, and they're they have nothing but class, and they we call it bushido, you know, way of the warrior. And it's just, it's just, it's unbelievable to be around uh, MMA fighters, you know, UFC fighters or martial artists. There's the true, like true martial artists. A lot of martial artists, they practice a couple moves in the mirror a couple of times, and then they get their black belt and they think they're martial artists. But when I talk about a martial artist, I'm talking about a guy that has the respect and, and treats people with respect, but can kick their butt too. You know what I mean? That's the martial artist. And uh, what, what did you think, too? There's another great fight that we should not overlook, which was Jeff Neal against Rachmanov. Um, you know, I love Jeff Neal. And, you know, he, he lost that fight, but it was fight of the night. It was just it was an incredible uh, fight. Uh, what did you think of that? And, and, and what do you think uh, about Rachmanov versus Wonderboy, which is what they're talking about next, possibly? Huh. I think that's a, 
Wow, that's a interesting. I think uh, that could be really interesting. I think his wrestling would just dominate, you know, yeah. in that one. But the stand-up, his stand-up was, you know, a little of everything. But, you know, I was definitely uh, pulling for – how do you say his name with a G? Uh, uh, Rachmanov. I, I say Rachmanov. Uh, Shavkat Rachmanov. Yeah. No, I'm talking uh, – yeah, I'm talking about uh, his opponent um, – Oh, Jeff Neal. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Jeff why would I say G. that when you you said G? It's Jeff Neal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he he brought it. He made it a lot closer than than to be honest. You know, than I thought it would be just because of all the hype. You know, I thought, and I you know I know Jeff Jeff Neal is good, but um, I don't know. I just thought I thought it was going to be a different level good, but I think. I saw a different level good of Jeff and and then two levels more of Rock Nomish. And, and not to mention when you when you talk about um you know a fight with him versus uh, Wonderboy. Wonderboy as of lately been having some trouble with with the guys who were uh forcing the grappling on him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh more so than in the past. Maybe that's the so but you he just showed he just came off a brilliant fight with uh Evan Holland. Yeah. But even in that fight, Kevin Holland almost agreed just to stand up with him. There was times when he got on top of one of the boys and just got off. So yeah. and that was, yeah. it was almost by accident. He got on top. He's like, all right, let's get back up and yeah, I'll, take, he, I'll take that foot to the face. <laughs> no. But uh it's weird you know. that he did that too, because he like he like helped force it into a stand-up fight where it seemed like forcing it, at least trying to force it down more would have behooved Holland. You know, yeah. but it seemed like he was willing to, and I love Kevin Holland. I just love his, I love his energy. He gets a bit much at times, but I love his energy. And I love his, I love his, I love his personality. I just like watching him fight and watching him fight was, you know, Wonderboy was just, it was like, they were both trying to fight the same game plan, but Wonderboy is kind of a, you know, a step above that. He was a step above it level wise. I couldn't understand why Holland, who's been working a lot more on his grappling, didn't try to force that at all. Yeah, I, I that wasn't it like they said, uh, and, and we should bring uh, Nazim uh, Sadikov in. He's in the uh, waiting room. It, it wasn't it more like he just wanted to fight him. Stand. Was it a little bit of ego? Do you think, or just like this is what I want? Almost like uh, like they said when Fedor would fight certain people, he would try to like beat them in their style. Do you think it was something like that, or he just it was just a blunder during the fight? I don't think it was, I don't think it was a blunder. I think it was I think it was ego. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, um, I, I don't know Nas, why you would do that either. Yeah, Nas who's coming in the room now is one yes. of our, he's one of our fighters, John Ackleman. He's uh, okay. this guy's one of our fighters. He just he just had a great fight last week. Uh, I believe it was fight of the night, performance of the night, or Evan Elder. Night. Yeah, whereas Evan Elder, it was a doctor stoppage in the in the third round, and uh, with a big cut, uh, yeah. bad cut over Evan Elder's. Uh, I, but what a fight what a yeah. fight and uh and he's, his kid's got a, obviously he's doing very well and we want to get him some shine do i hear him is he here here he is nas finally come on nas, nas. What's Come up, on, man? guys. Hello, sir. Hello, guys. What's up? Jimmy and the great John Hackleman. How are you, Nas? I'm good. I'm feeling good, man. 
Congratulations. Are you back home now? Are you back here in New York? Uh, I was. I came back to Vegas for uh, some rehabbing of my hand that uh, I got um, probably actually before the fight. I came into the fight actually with maybe a small bump on my hand. I didn't know what it was. Turns out it was a fracture. So oh, luckily we got through. Yeah, luckily we got through. So I'm in Vegas uh, about to get some stem cells this week. Are you going to be there this weekend or no? I'm getting there Thursday. You'll be there from Rob's fight or you going home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Absolutely. see you I'm, not, I'm not missing a machine. I'm not missing a machine card. Oh, I'm not missing a Marab card. I can't. We're going to talk about that later. I, I'm so excited for Marab. Yeah. But I'm also excited for you, dude, because what a what a debut. I mean, I, listen, I, it feels like yesterday that you walk, walked into both mine and Longo's school. But uh, it's been a while, man. Tell us about the journey. Like, like really, for people that don't know you, Nas, where you where are you coming from and what discipline did you start with? So uh, I'm originally from Azerbaijan. Uh, I moved to the States at seven years old or six years old. Sorry. So I've been uh, training my entire life. My father put me into karate when I was about three, four years old. So I'm a lifelong martial artist. I've, I've just done various styles, uh, combat sambo. I competed in, in amateur combat sambo tournaments, hand-to-hand combat, judo, all that stuff. Uh, went on to win uh nationals and kickboxing for WKA two times, two time uh, national kickboxing champion. And then I made the transition to MMA was dabbling in, in different gyms until uh, I decided to come to Sarah Longo. You guys opened the doors for me and my game elevated. And ever since I've been on an eight fight tear with you guys. So seven finishes to be exact. So we're on a good run. That it was such a great fight. And, and were you hurt? Uh, he did, uh, you 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 uh you knocked you down in the first uh and then landed a right right after and, and a hard kick but you didn't seem like you were too affected by it you seemed like i mean you you, you went down but you got right back up and you, you seemed like you were okay yeah uh he he caught me that was a a good shot but i can't say i was too i wasn't uh hurt by it but it did stun me it put me on my butt but i got right back up and uh, I'm, I'm here for, I'm here for all the fire, you know, I'm here, I'm here for these kind of fights, you know, obviously you want smart approaches, you want to be tactical, but if the going gets dirty, I'm here for it, you know, so I got up, I waved him on and I came forward, which is, which is the interesting part to me because he did win the first round because of that knockdown on the judges scorecards, but uh, Longo and I rewatched this fight maybe three times together. And even when he put me on my butt, I got right up and I, and I walked forward and I started landing the, the following shots right after that, which is the interesting part to me. But yeah, man, I'm, I'm here for these kind of fights. I'm, I'm glad uh, I was able to display uh, this kind of fight in, in my debut. Yeah, and hey, John Ackerman, this is your type of fight. If you get to watch this fight, it's it, it's wild. Let me ask you all about this because that, that's a good point that you brought up, Nas. You, uh, for instance, in that first round, and this this happens a lot. What do you think, guys, of a fight of a round where a guy's winning the whole round, he gets dropped. It could be a quick knockdown, but he gets dropped, but he gets back up. The round ends. The other guy won. Uh, Four minutes and fifty-five seconds of the round. The other guy got a shot, and is it is it now a ten-eight because he got dropped, or the other guy who won most of the round but didn't get the knock, the knockdown? Like, how do you score a round like that? This is, this brings me back. You, That's what happened to you. You won that yeah. whole round except for that. Maybe some say flash knockdown. Some say you know you got back down and up. It's not. It's one thing if you get dropped and you're on the, the verge of death, where you're like lucky that bell rang. 
But it's another thing if it's one of those, boom, you're down, you're up. What, now he gets the round after all the work I put in? Yeah. What do you think, yeah. about, do you think about that? This brings me back to Peter Yan and Aljo 1, where the the entire fight up until – so uh, the first round, I remember it pretty clearly. Uh, Aljo won the whole round, the whole yeah. round. But then I'm arguing with a bunch of people. I think it was like at the barbershop or something. Like I, I was getting a haircut. And I'm, I'm arguing with a bunch of people like the following like a uh, few days. I'm arguing with them. They're like, uh, yeah, Peter Jan knocked down Aljo. He won the he won the round. I'm like, no, he didn't. I mean, he put Aljo on his butt, but Aljo got up and came forward. It's not one of those knockdowns where it's it's a fight ending knockdown where the guy's in trouble. That I can understand. You can steal around with that where you put a guy down and you're trying to finish him and the guy's visibly hurt. If the guy gets put on his butt with a good shot and pops right back up and comes forward, I don't think that the round should be scored the other way just because the guy got put on his butt. If it's one of those knockdowns where the guy's like damn near finished, I would understand that. But if it's a knock, it, it, that's just equivalent to a good punch. Like my head snaps back, but I stay on my feet. That's how I see those kind of shots. So I'm not really here to like argue with the judges and tell them what to look at. And hey, look at me, look what I, look at what I did. But I came forward the whole fight. I rewatched it five times now. I came forward the entire fight. That one time that I got put on my butt. And granted, he landed other great shots uh, as well. He landed a bunch of kicks. So. He did a lot of thing, uh, other things well, but I just don't see that knockdown as a knockdown. Because if that's the case, then uh, rewind the tape just a minute before. I also uh, dropped him to his knee. He took a knee when I, when I landed a right hook around his ear. He took a knee, and then I wobbled him with a head kick. And his, his, his legs buckled, but I guess they didn't see it because it wasn't one of those things where the fight is almost over. I just yeah. buckled him. It's MMA. Well, We're going to catch each other with good shots. You know what I mean? What do you what do you, yeah, I was going to say, good thing you didn't let it go to the judges anyway, you know? Yeah, but yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Jimmy, I'm sorry, I just wanted to ask John's opinion on that. That's what yeah. I was going to do. I was going to say, what do you uh, say, John? I was just, just going to ask the same thing. We're right here, me and you, Jimmy. <laughs> John, what are your thoughts on that? John, look at That's a good thought. Um, it, it, this is MMA, it's not boxing. Um, and it, it, it reminds me of that, and it, people, judges are getting better, but the same was true for takedowns like you you could see a guy winning the whole round standing beating the guy then the guy takes him down tries to seal the deal towards the end of the round right and then so a lot of, a lot of judges will will give the the take the the um and the rule is supposed to be as a judge um for boxing is and i think they use the same almost the same um if the knockdown is caused by the punch, like, I mean, if it doesn't, like, it's not a slip, it's not a trip, it's the, it's from the force of the punch puts them on their butt, then it's a 10-8 round um, in boxing. This isn't boxing because the difference in boxing is once you hit the ground, you got 10 seconds to recover. They give you an eight count or, and that by the time you stand up, it's usually a 12 count. So you have some time to, with MMA, boom, you hit the ground, they're coming right on you. So you don't have that knockdown. It's a whole, the knockdown is a whole different animal in MMA and boxing. You get a 10A round, but you also get 10 seconds to rest. You know what I mean? In MMA, you don't get that. So I don't, I don't think it should be, a, I think, you know, it depends on like, you know, he was saying it depends what the, 
how bad the knockdown is. And this one, you know, was back in and right up. And there's no hurt. Should be should be automatic. It shouldn't. I don't think it should be automatic. Just just like a takedown shouldn't be automatic. You know, um, is it to the certain judges? I guess you're dealing with different judges' personalities and different things that they put emphasis on, and different different things that they uh, would give you more for. Uh, and there are some judges that might put more value on takedowns and, and octagon control, and other guys may look at that and go, "No, that to me wins the round." I, I think that's, that's way, a, yeah, that's the way it's always been. That's why in boxing, some of the some of the judges like the guy that boxes more. He's a boxer. You're moving like Muhammad Ali. Some yeah. some ref, uh, judges like more of slugging, so they're going to judge you know in favor of that usually. So the re- you have three judges. They're always going to be different. I mean, look at three guys. Three normal guys are going to disagree on everything. So yeah. of course they're going to disagree. So judging judging is very subjective, and it's going to be. There's no way around it. it there's it's you know no matter what people say. Damn judges, we got to change the judging. You can't. It's three different people watching it with their own subjective lens. So it's always going to be three different ideas and three different people. How many times have you been with your buddy and then you watch a fight, you know, you're watching a fight on TV. You thought one guy won the other guy. And you're like, how does he think that? Because he's a different person. So judging will always be subjective, just like it is in figure skating or anything else. It's like that. You just want to make sure that, you you know, sure. That they're competent. Because I can yes. hang out with some A lot of times they're not. I can hang out with some morons. So I don't care what they say. But um, I'm thinking with that, though, John Ackerman. But I was going to say, Jimmy, in Nas's fight, which, again, fight of the night, entertaining as heck, Longo, who could be a critic, loved the fight. And, he, and he, you know, he gave your opponent some praise, and he didn't want to discredit him. But with him talking to me, he said that he's excited for what's next for you. I don't know if he told this to you, but I'll tell you now. Because he said, you didn't even have to get hit in that fight. Like, there was, that's how good you are. This is him telling me. He goes, look, he goes, the fight was entertaining. He said, I'm not downplaying the other kid was this and that. The other kid was good. But Nas didn't even have to get hit with those strikes. And so I don't know. So that's exciting. That's exciting for me. Because we know what you could do. And now that you got that first fight out of your way in there, that big, big fight, got your win. You know, is there any matchups you see that just kind of get your attention, saying this will be a fight of the night type of thing? First of all, they didn't. They this is all with them not even seeing the Sarah BJJ yet. They didn't even see the Sarah wow. BJJ yet, and that, 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 that's, that that's a whole sleep. weapon. Yeah, that's a whole weapon on its own. That's a whole nother ball game. But uh, uh, what any they're already throwing dates at me and like uh, summer, so. I expect myself to to be back in the summer just as long as everything. We're just waiting on the recovery with this hand. You know, this doesn't seem like a horrible injury or anything like that. Just just want to wait and see before we put anything on paper. Uh, do I have a name? Not specifically, but I I just want uh, exciting matchups, uh, and I want to just show what I'm capable of. And you guys are right when you say that I could have done better or I could have not gotten hit with certain shots. But, you know, that only speaks of the standard that's set for me, and it's pretty high, and I'm here for it. I'm very happy that the standard is set high for me. They put us on featured prelim. That You know, it's not every debut yeah. that you get put on a featured prelim. You have fight of the night, all these things. So 
I'm just happy that the standard is set high and I'm ready to step up every time. That's all I can say. That's all I can promise to the audience, to the fans, is that every time you see me step in the cage, it's, it's just going to be a, a hungry wolf coming forward. What was your what was your uh, mentality going into it and how did it feel uh, knowing this was your debut? And like, was it what you thought it would be? And and how did you feel after? Besides, obviously, you're happy you won. Was it a sense of relief that the first time is done? Or what was that like? I... It's so much thoughts at once. I can't even pinpoint it on anything, to be honest with you. I, I like you asked me this question. I completely understand, but I really just don't know what to say to you. Like, <clears throat> I didn't have like some sort of like, oh, this is the UFC. Oh my God, I have to perform. I have to do this. I, I know that I'm coming in to fight regardless. I just would like to have showed certain things better. So I'm, I'm, I, I'm my own biggest critic before, even long ago, before anybody said anything to me. I was already, and you could even see my body language and my speech in the interview. I was not low on myself. I just wanted to look better. But hey, listen, it's the UFC. You're going to get tough opponents. Yeah. Uh, credit, props to my opponent. He was a, a, a gentleman and he was a great fighter too. He's, he, I believe he has a great future in the UFC as well. So <clears throat> all, all in all, I just felt... I, I'm I'm happy to walk away with the finish, you know. I'm I'm happy to walk away with the TKO big. It just just doesn't get better than that, you know. I, I never want to let it go to the hands of the judges. Maybe it will in the future, but I'm I'm a finisher and I'm I'm gonna look to do that every time. Right. Um. I'm excited for what's next. That's all I can say. I'm excited for what's next, guys. Great. Well, I have Nas in here. Uh, a couple of our teammates, and maybe you could throw some more in there. Dennis Bazooka just won his fight, and he, he you know he's fought before on the Contender Series. Um. Uh, James Gonzalez just fought his fight and he won his fight by stoppage. So we had a nice couple of weeks, uh, Nas. I don't, I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting a lot of people, but that's a couple uh, right there. I'm, I just talked to Dennis yesterday. He's coming down to Vegas as well. Sarah Longo hits Vegas. We're gonna another, a, another we're Vegas gonna trip for the, for the team. Yeah, we're going to be here together this week. We'll all do a road trip to the pit. We're not yeah. going to dojo storm. John Ackerman, put that, yeah, no, put that left hook down. We're not, <laughs> that is so great. It would be an man. honor. It would be an honor. Man, I love awesome. it. I love it, man. I would love it. Yeah, it would be an honor. It would be an that'd honor. Be so that would be fantastic. Yeah. And, we'll and Nazim, I want to ask you too, because I've heard two different pronunciations. So the only way to ask is you. Uh Sadikov or Sadikov? How do you pronounce that? I'm not gonna give you the Azerbaijani pronunciation. It's, it's gonna take for, it's Sadikov, but in uh to, to make it easier, it's Sadikov. 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 Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sadikov is right. Okay. What, what, what would the pronunciation be? What, what, what would the proper? So, because of the KH, it makes a H sound. So, it's Sadikov. Sadikov. That's the. Okay. Yeah. But uh, uh, Sadikov is, is fine. Great. And, and, where, and where are you from again? Say it one more time. Baku, Azerbaijan. Baku is the capital, uh, it's, it's a city in Azerbaijan. Where is Azerbaijan? What, like, what, what's it bordering? Uh, it borders with Georgia, Dagestan. It's in the Caucasus. It's the Caucasus region. It's South South Caucasus. Uh, it is former Soviet Union. We do speak Russian. I'm fluent in Russian as well. So uh, it's uh, right below Georgia, right, okay. right on the yeah on the on the southeast of Georgia. How yeah. excited are you for Marab for this weekend? Marab I'm fighting so the main event versus Peter Jan. We're gonna. I'm. I'm again. I'm getting there Thursday. The whole team's gonna be there. And it's a big thing, this fight coming up with Marab, because it's almost bigger because just the history with Georgia and, and, and Russia, 
It's a lot on him. I know. Hey, listen, I mean, even Marab was like, this one's like, he's got a whole country behind him with this one. It's a bigger thing. It feels like, you know, so it's a wild one. It's a wild matchup in, in, in general, you know. But he's yeah, going to have a team with him. I'm super is, excited. Yeah, you guys, see, you guys see this as well. Like, uh, I, I didn't think uh, a lot of people will catch on, but this is so, uh, Marab is wearing a lot of weight. Uh, given the 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 history behind this, so but I'm just I'm sure he's gonna come through for his people, and he has such a big heart. Like there's I don't picture him in any situation that he wouldn't get out of. You know he has a tough task in front of him. We know who Peter Jan is, but uh, I think uh, if anybody has a big enough heart, a big enough uh, skill, big enough uh, will to do it, it's it's Marab. So he gets the job done Saturday. And I think Jan is coming off two losses, if I'm not. Incorrect. Um, does anybody know if that's true? He's coming off two straight losses. I always think. And um, uh, and um, I'm sorry. Um, O'Malley. 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 Yeah. But he's he still looked good uh, in those fights. Like we're still getting a prime Yan. This is still prime a yeah. prime Marab versus prime Yan. We're not getting like a downhill Peter Yan or anything. You know, in my opinion, with the the O'Malley fight in particular, I did not see that as a loss. I I felt like he had a great display. I I thought it was a win, but. They gave it, O'Malley got the nod. So, uh, yeah, we're still getting a, a, a two guys in their prime. This is a I very tough right. matchup for both. I like when he loses. He's been a bit of a, a little bit of a, a crybaby. Yeah, a little bit. He's yeah. been a little bit of a, ah, oh, the UFC, they don't, they don't like me. And it's like, hey, dude, yeah. come on. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, like, I don't know. So, I like that. Because then how, many, just, how many you guys you guys got? Seems like uh, – you're prolific. You guys got a prolific gym there. How many, how big are you guys? Like oh, square footage, say. Oh, we got, so you see, Longo's, we got Law MMA, and then we got my school, which is Sarah BJJ, together with Sarah Longo. So if you go to my school, it's basically a jiu-jitsu, big jiu-jitsu school. My thing's like 12,000 square feet. I got my showers and locker rooms upstairs, but there's some rules there. You don't take, you, you don't take your shirts off, you know. You know, I got I got families there. I'm like you, John Ackerman. I work with my savages, like young Nas, but I also got families training there. I, but if you walk into Longos, did you ever see Rocky Three when Paulie and them went to Apollo's? Yeah. Gym? <laughs> you walk in. If I ever visit my family, my daughters, I don't look to the left. You walk in, there's a guy in his towel and fucking. There's, it's just Longos holding pants with his with his street shoes on. Fucking. It is uh. It's a breeding ground for savages. Niles will tell you, but it's a, it's a nice combination of. So we so got. What, the, they, what are, I mean, so like at the at our gym, um, it's just one. You, you do everything right there. Like oh, like we you. have, you know, like we have rat rowing and wrestling. I call it R and R, and they have to they row like a you know they row for thirty seconds as hard as they can, then they start on the bottom and. You know, do and then we do a lot of sparring and bag and go back and forth between like getting real tired. So, how, do do you guys switch? I mean, because we do the whole workout right there. You guys have two separate gyms. No, no. Well, yeah, listen, myself and Ray Longo. Yes, we do have. We've always had two separate schools. My jujitsu schools. My jujitsu school, I should say, is is my own thing. But together, we have the fight team. So. Oh. We do okay. have sport. Listen, it's not like they just do jujitsu at my school. I have I have kickboxing there. I have wrestling classes there. Uh, but the thing is, when these guys, when Nas comes over and my elite uh, UFC guys come over, 
it's almost like if they went to, I don't know, like a, a, a tiger or somewhere in, in Moy, to go work their Muay Thai in a Thailand, or they went to um, Gleason's gym to work their boxing. They come strictly for the submission aspect of we're working jujitsu at my place. Like, you know what I mean? So they come down with all my guys that might never take a punch, but they're good at just taking limbs. Some of them that just look like poindexters, but they'll be ripping your legs off or they'll be on your back. They're not going to spar with Nas but they'll roll with him. And they're so good at the submission game of it that our guys, they get all their sparring and their, their hard work standing and whatnot at Longo's. These guys come down to my spot to make sure their submission game is on point. Where they, do they do their MMA up. sparring? Where do they do their... Oh, well, they do... Well, that, that goes along with, um, with with our straight-up sparring. We can do that at my place, too, but normally they do the defeat-the-floor sparring similar to the fight at Longo's. So that's used, that's always how, how it's been. It's oh. almost like... It's it's not something that I... The fight thing... I'm teaching more average heads than I do with the fighters. The fight thing is just a pleasure for me. Like, with me, Longo, and these guys, this is something me and Longo do out of passion. This is something yeah. that we... Just, like, and I'm not... Hey, everybody's different the guys that make a living on just being trainers i don't that's extra for me so we don't i don't give a shit we'll say it open we don't have contracts with these guys we have nothing we have just eight hey, handshakes they want to throw something back we go but that's how that's why we have such we don't we don't go out and listing i didn't go to i didn't go to his home country looking for this young guys and you know what yeah. i mean i didn't look let, let me just let me just home. say let me just say that that's absolutely the truth. Not one day that I walk in and ever felt like this was like a, 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 a business. I 100% felt like it was just two, two coaches that just or have been around this game for so many years and just love this. Like, I don't imagine Longo needs to sit there and, and like find people to, I came in there. So it was solely my own decision. Like I've trained, I'm a lifelong martial, martial artist. Like I said, I'm 28 now. So that means, that means, I've been on the mat since I'm for since I'm four, for 24 years. I'm on the mat, you know, since I'm a child. So I've never met uh, uh, coaches that have this perfect blend and have the, create this sort of environment for the fighters where you don't feel any pressure whatsoever. You just come in and you have fun. That's literally what it is. And we're always joking. We're always having a laugh too. So that's great. I never felt like it was like a like a like a business move. On like I came in, I came there with. Uh, upon my own research so yeah i just wanted to say that yeah, i think our gym was a lot like your guys more more than it is like the bigger ones yes. you know, 97 percent of my students you know everything 90 97 of my everything is my hawaiian kembo class we started three years old all the way up to i have a 73 year old and then the fight team is my hobby and that's three percent of what i do Time-wise, money, everything, but that's where you you want to give to the you know the guys that want to do yeah. it, what we did, right? So I want them to be able to do that. But that's three percent. They come in at different times. They don't even cross paths. Yeah. Yes, with our I, students, much. Very, John Hockman. I'm telling you, we have this very similar lives. Same thing for me. Longo's more the other route. Like he does, he'll work with some average heads. He does his privates. He does forever. And his privates is basically him doing it. Kick! Get on the uh, the thing with the thing. Hey, kick it. But anyway, now fucking around. But Longo, but Longo is like Mickey from Rocky. Longo, I was just talking to him. He was in AC over the weekend. I wanted him to go with me to go see you, Jimmy, but he couldn't do it. I got yeah. sick anyway. But he was away. Right. He goes, oh, he goes. 
for the next six weeks, I got to fight every week. I go, dude, the guy's 63 or 64. He's not stopping. Fucking great. He loves I, it. No, but it's, it's what incredible. we do. I'm, I'm done. I retired. I retired after Glover's. I retired after Glover's fight. So I'm not oh, going to. Really? Did you? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to do like the team. The team is, you know, I'll go work with the team when they come to the gym. But I have Antonio Bonuelos. Remember him? He fought yeah. in the UFC. Yeah. Yes, Antonio Bonuelos. Uh, he's the he's the captain of the team and does most of the hands-on stuff. And I show up three days a week. But it's mainly him, you know. So, you know, we have a pretty big gym and he does that. But that's during the that's uh that's like eleven and you know eleven in the morning. Most of my stuff happens in the evening. That's where all the kids' classes and adult classes. I space it out. I have a seven a.m. I do that like three days a week, which is kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. I do the seven. Who comes in for that? Oh, I I taught this morning. I had thirty guys on the mat. Who is it though? Well, like what kind of people? Like oh, what do they that's, do? That's doctors. That's that's firemen, cops. It's everything you think of. Yeah. Like you say, John, like you said, like you said, I like your, your, you like, I like to teach people that they, uh, so they don't get the people, so they, they can't get their uh, lunch money. So they're yeah. not taking their lunch money. Nobody's going to take your lunch money. That's how I feel when I'm teaching. Like yeah. I put anybody in that predicament that happened to me at the Red Rock Casino when mm. Frank got rowdy. I put any one of my students in that same position, these average, these regular people, average heads. And within six months, they're doing the same thing that I did. So that's what I like to do. That's my purpose. And then you again, have kids like, too. Have, sorry, me? Do you do kids? Yes, yes. I I have kids classes. I have three oh. daughters. They're, they're all training. Wow. Sees, at this, there's always a Sarah at my place. My wife, my wife, uh, John, just not sorry, no, it's not the boy, but you know the story. My no, wife. Oh man, I saw Ann at the gym the other day smashing the mitts. I my saw, wife, yeah, yeah. My yeah. my wife, yeah, she does uh she she never did any sports in high school. She would do kickboxing to lose weight between my three daughters. Right now, she's three and oh as an amateur kickboxer. So it, what? Yeah, no shit, John. You, I'm telling you, Nazi, Nazi, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was young girl. She puts so in anyway, the work. Yeah, it's a family affair. At the so she's show. actually stepping into a ring. Oh yeah, oh, she fought. Oh no, she fought. That's not like real fighting. No, no, real fighting. Oh no, she. She's 39 now. She just fought a 23-year-old. She fought a she's 3-0. Jimmy C clips. Oh no, yeah. you like her. You like her left hook. She did good. She she's actually teaches. Sometimes she teaches the kickboxing classes. I no, I'm very proud of her. Don't get me emotional, John Ackerman. Uh, that's that all is of a sudden gonna lead to America Top Team. I start crying on it. You know what? <laughs> you have a new member at the pit. It's not. Nas. All right, listen, enough about me and my wife. Nas, I wanted, I can't wait. But the people that also, listen, we like to ask this. I know about you. What do you like to do when you're not training, Nas? Let's, let's you know, and now let's not talk about your dating routine. Let's talk about what do you like to do when you're not training and no active rest by going for hikes? Give me a hobby. Wait, well, why, why, why is the dating thing off limits? Well, it could, I don't know if he's got a girlfriend. I don't want to blow up his spots. I yeah. No, I mean, uh, being a being a Brooklyn boy, uh, just a lot of uh, restaurants, eating, all this stuff. Yes. If I, like when I visited Azerbaijan, I loved horse riding. I love horseback riding. Uh, other than that, it's literally just hanging out with family. It's nothing special, to be honest with you. I don't have like some sort of like uh, specific thing I always go to. It's just always movies, hanging out with friends, 
going to a, a Russian bathhouse or something like that. You know, like in the winter, I go to Russian bathhouses a lot. It's like a Sunday thing for me, you know. I, I, man, I got to do one of those things. But I feel weird asking guys, like, hey, what are we going to do a bathhouse? Is this, you know what I mean? <laughs> be my guest. Be my guest. Be my guest, man. You know, it's funny. That there's this spot go. In, the, uh, in Manhattan uh, called Spy Day. Uh, they, it's like, uh, it, because if you go in Brooklyn, it's usually like Russian people. It's usually people that understand the, the bathhouse culture, so to speak, right? But this place in the city that I'm talking about, it's like half Russian and half like uh, uh, Americans, right? And you'll see like these, uh, they have these leaves, right? And you pretty much beat somebody up with leaves like you're massaging their back it's called a, yeah. a leaf massage right you're massaging their back and like the americans will come into the to this to the uh to the steam room to uh not the, the sauna yeah they'll come into the sauna and they'll sit down and th there's this one situation in particular i'm thinking of there's this guy he he looks over at me and then he looks over at this old russian guy beating this other guy up with leaves and he's like what the fuck are they doing yeah, and he's that uh, confused. He doesn't know what's going on, but yeah, that's like uh, th that's that's just one of the hobbies that I like to do. It's just like a, maybe a Russian Turkish bathhouse, movies, just some relaxing stuff. Because uh, training or not, like uh, a training camp or not, I'm always in the gym. So my weekends, I just look to just chill out, relax. You know, nothing special. Yeah, those Russian bathhouses. It's a lot of the hot and the cold, like people are doing now with the yeah. into the uh, ice baths. Yeah, they have the plunges there too, and most most of them have the ice plunges as well. You like those ice plunges? What do you think of those, John Ackleman? You like an ice plunge? No, I don't even <laughs> like when I go in the shower and I gotta wait for that shit to get warm. I don't like that. I don't. I yeah. I'll turn like like my version. I'll turn like the hot because this way I feel like I'm doing it. Because you watch Glover, he's doing it like every day in the in the he does ten minutes in the freezing ice bath. Wow. So I, I turn down the heat for the shower before I get out just a little bit. And then I feel like I did my part. And then you get yeah. like, ooh, you feel yeah, good. Yeah, I go, wow. That was, honey, I took like an ice shower. And it was like, I only turned it down a little bit. It was still steaming, actually. <laughs> that is, that's my version. I'll never do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. That's not, I, I, no. people are like, oh, yeah, you know, it, it is. It's good for you. You feel good afterwards. I go, you've had, you feel good afterwards, but during it, it's like fucking hell. I don't yeah, know. It sucks. How great does it, is it really going to like, is it, are you going to extend your life for that much period of time to feel like shit? Yeah. Not, they said you have endorphins. It's a big endorphin dump. They said for the rest of the day, you feel so good. Sucks. Like supposedly it does do something. Yeah, that is true. Um, I don't, you definitely I, won't wear it. You won't feel it like that. Like, if it does, we just trust that whatever we read on the internet, that it helps. But to say, like, when I get out of the ice thing and whenever I unfreeze, I feel like a new man. I, I can't uh, say that. I'll still, like, feel sore. I'll still okay. may, Maybe it helps, but you just it's something that I guess you have to trust the, the signs that they say on the Internet behind it. You know, like like all this endorphin talk. Uh, I, I don't really know, because, like, uh, I, I wouldn't say that, like, as soon as I hop out of the, the ice plunge, that's it. Like, I feel recovered. It's not It's not really like that. Maybe you, you'll get out of the ice plunge, you know, spend your day that day and then go to sleep and then feel better. But I can't say that, like, every time I do the ice plunge, like, that's it. I feel like a brand new man. I don't need okay. that shit to feel like a man. I'll tell you right now. I'll do some jujitsu, some sit-ups. I'll throw in a push-up. Exactly. And a uh, push-up or two. Throw in a left hook from John Hackleman. That's it, man. That's Watch what I, what's I, 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 when I get done rolling, my 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 juice, my, my endorphins are going, man. 
they finals. Is it is it is it great to be a martial artist, us guys? We know that. Is there, what's a better fit? How can you not be a martial artist? It's, you know what I mean, how can you not be a martial artist? It's like how, I look at every day. I look in the mirror. It's made every every aspect of my life a thousand times better. Every, and I'm 63. Oh. Oh, oh, so I've had a lot a lot of aspects. You and Longo, you guys are you have had the fountain of youth. They both look great. You guys don't age. Longo looks better now than he did when he was with me on the, the Tough Show. <laughs> he was a little heavier then. He was eating a little yeah. bit of the meatballs. He was. He's the. He's your typical. Forget about it. He's your typical guy that us California guys look at, and we think in New York or New Jersey or whatever you got over there on that side. There's some different little states, and you you, you all walk around going, "Forget about it. Forget about it." John Ackleman, you Ray Longo. Maybe a two-bedroom apartment. I smell reality show. I smell reality show. You and him. One guy from Hawaii. The other guy from fucking Long Island. I don't know. Listen, Matt, we're still waiting for a reality show with you and Longo. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? Shit and shittier. It'll be Because <laughs> <laughs> when you guys are, you're, when you're in the corner, it's not really a corner anymore. It's a octagon. When, you, when you're there... Yes. In the in the guy's side, you know, it's always everybody, everybody always, you know, because I'll be at different places watching different fights or no different guys. And you, you and Longo, it's like, and the the announcers always, you know, buff that up. They always they love when you guys are in a corner. I don't I don't ever hear them talk about the corner as much as I do, and it's you and Longo. It's like, and, and a lot Sarah of times Longo, it's, Sarah Longo. Sarah, they talk about you guys more than the fight, usually. And how good a lot of times the instruction from the corner is. Like, they, they mention it, but they always talk about what great, accurate instructions uh, they were given. It's, it's always a, a nice compliment about how solid the cornering is. They always, they always John yeah. Adlin, isn't, it, isn't it really, at the end of the day, as simple as, we got our guy, you got your guy, we're meeting at the flagpole. <clears throat> isn't it? Isn't it really? Let's not overthink this thing. Isn't it? I mean, we have our strategies, but we have our guy. We're with him. You're with him. We're meeting there. We're going to do what we got to do to take you out. Don't overanalyze it. Not you. I'm saying in general. People, I don't know. That's how me and Longo think about it. We never thought about it other than that. We never thought about what we're going to, we're saying people are going to hear and and try to translate it or or I, I don't know. It's as simple as that. We got Nas. We, uh, this weekend, we got Marab. All right, we got our guy. You got your guy. We're meeting in that cage. We're doing everything we can do to take you the fuck out. Let's go. I don't know. I'm getting yeah. Yeah, yeah. People don't see that with you guys. You guys are larger than that, man. I mean, you can tell it by the way the the announcers, even when they're when they're bringing up stuff, you guys, you guys have your own personality. Like like the fighter, you know, you guys get that. And then the other guy's corner, like if I'm in a corner or if you know somebody from ATT or AKA, you know, it's it's you unless it's you know one of their guys, like you know, one of their famous fighters, they usually just the corner. But when it's you guys, it's you know, Saralongo, Saralongo, you guys get talked about a lot more. I don't know if I like that or not. I mean, back in the day, maybe I, I was a little jealous, but how does that feel though? There there must be as you you know. There must be a, a crazy uh, a crazy kind of chemistry between you guys oh, in yeah. training a guy. I mean, I can imagine 
seeing you guys in the corner, I can imagine you guys back at the gym, you know, yelling. Do you guys like double team them, like yell at them both ways? No, take it down. Keep it standing. Take it down. Do, no, how is that? No, we don't talk. We definitely don't talk over each other. Just like no. over there, we know a lot of the stuff standing, a lot of the stuff standing. Before I yell at anything, I'm mimicking what Longo's saying. I'm not, I'm not stepping on his. The biggest thing about corner work, I feel, John, and I mean, I'm sure you would agree, I'm not jumping in that corner with fucking just anybody. I've done that before. And there's this guy, and even if there's people I like, uh, I, I want to, they make me want to put my head through the fucking cage. I'm like, dude, just, what are you even fucking saying? Like, just shut the fuck up. Like, this, you're not doing it for him. You're doing it for you. I don't know what the fuck you're right. saying. Like, Longo, I know what me and Longo, like, me, Longo, Raging Al. Me, Longo, Aljo. Like, you are people. Like, like whenever this, I sometimes there's people that are there, and I think they're just more concerned with getting some kind of Braveheart speech out and knowing where the camera is than just yeah. trying to communicate with your guy. Like, dude, yeah. like you know what I mean? Like, you got a minute. You got a minute in between those rounds. Like, and and, and let's get to it. Let's let's say exactly. Yeah. And don't sugarcoat that shit. Yeah. All right, yeah. yo, we lost that round. You that round's done. Let's and then go, Longo. What do you got? I got this. Yeah. Sometimes during the round, I'll say something to Longo like. We got to make this up for that, you know. So I don't know. Me and Longo do have a great chemistry, but he was my coach, Longo. So yeah. he is the head corner. Not just because he's old as shit. Not you, John. I'm talking about I, only because you're city mates. We're like, the same age. I, I know. I'm saying sorry. he's old as shit. You say I'm as old as shit. I, I call myself. That. My wife I, does I, that every night in bed. I'm getting you back for the back fist that you said by accident. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I like to attack Longo, but you look great. You look great. <laughs> Now, uh, now, Nas. Before we we have to we have to wrap this up. I want to ask you: uh, When will you know about your finger? And do you, what are you, are you going to get looked at? The hand. Um, what is what is next for you once you get that taken care of? I'm definitely uh, eyeing the summer. Uh, they okay. actually already came to me with a name and a date. I I don't want to put it out there just because I don't have anything on paper and okay to change you know maybe they're gonna book that guy or whatever uh point is they're already looking to book me for early summer like june july the latest so that's when i'll be back i'm pretty sure of that and this hand this hand injury is not uh, it's it's nothing crazy nothing no surgery is going to be uh need to be done for this uh just a couple of stem cells a little bit of patience and i'll be good i'm already uh, in the gym i'm working out i'm keeping up with my cardio i'm light in weight i didn't get too heavy so i'm i'm literally ready to smash another camp well, Nazim, thank you so much uh, for being with us. Congratulations on your win. It was a tremendous fight, and I'm, I'm sure I've heard about you before this a lot, and I'm sure we'll see you again soon, hopefully by the summer. Thank awesome. you, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Absolute honor. Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you, you, buddy, very much. No, is there anything you want to plug? Is there anything to plug that you need to plug? Or no? no plugs. I just want to give you a big thank you, uh, Longo, our whole team. It's just uh, an honor, and everything that uh, you guys are saying is true. It's like an unintentional like even if you guys don't communicate every day about the fighters, the the perfect blend of the jujitsu with the MMA is absolutely uh, amazing. And aside from that, uh, it's not only the technical aspect of things. There's millions of gyms uh, that that offer great technique and world class training. I think it's the environment that you guys create for us. We feel zero pressure as fighters. You guys taught me how to be outgoing, how to how to relax a little bit in life, and uh, I thank you guys forever for that. Thank you. Thank you, Nas, and congrats again. Yeah, congratulations. Good having you, man. Thank you. And John, thank you too for for joining us the whole show. Really, really interesting, and we'd love to have you come back. And uh, how can people get to your school? 
Um, if you're in Aurora Grande, we're right on Grand Avenue. Any website or anything like that? Yeah. I know you're old the, school. The pit.tv. That's my online. I got, I'm doing an online thing now. Yeah, you have to. Come on, man. You can't get Longo off that thing. Like, like, calm down, Longo. Get the fuck off the phone. But I'm with you. John, hey, John, listen, it's really great. I know. Up. You know what? I, I, I swear to God, I, because of that, Vala, you know, Valerina uh, kick, spinning back kick. Yes. So I was asking because I was actually debating that Alex Pereira guy. You know who that is? Right? Yeah. Yes. Now. Anyway, we were working together, you know, because he's Glover's guy. So we were working together once and he does a big turn and I don't. I don't believe in turning. So when I asked you that, I, I don't know that you lost a fight like that. I would never say that because John, that would be disrespectful. I, I, I would never have done that. Well, first of all, I never took it as disrespect. I thought it was like, I'm so used to, maybe it's an East Coast thing, more like we talked about. Yeah. I'm so used to, Jimmy, I swear, I thought he was playing. Because, right? Jimmy, did you think John was playing? I, at first, I wasn't sure. I think I he was did. just talking about it, but then I wasn't sure. But I, he, didn't, he didn't have joke energy. He just kind of had, like, question energy. I, but I definitely didn't take it disrespectful, John. I know you were yeah. a long time. Even though we're more in passing, because I don't see you yeah. often. I thought you were playfully. Because before. I do that. Thank God I've done other, other things since. But uh, before yeah. I did other things, I was a huge highlight with that back fist. But believe me, it doesn't keep me up at night. Because I am a Hall of Famer, but, no, John, but if that happened, I would never. No, I, find, I would never say that in a million years. I, I was talking about the Valerie thing, and do you I learn? Do you spin? Do you turn before Thanks. you spin? That's all, all I know is go put that in you. You'll find it somewhere. Watch that in fight pass. No, that's and you'll okay. get the fight. You, you, know you, have... you know what's even worse? There was like 15 what? seconds left in the fight, and I would have won. But hey, listen. Like I said, it was only 20 years ago. <laughs> I think I think I think everybody knows you. You 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 you've. Uh, yeah, I done some shit since then. <laughs> but please come back on again, dude. Come back on again with us. Anytime, anytime. It was good talking to you, John. Really good great. To you guys, where do you live? I'm in New York. Both Matt's in Long Island. I'm in Manhattan. Oh, so do you guys hang out over? I wish <laughs> this guy doesn't. It's also we're far, like traffic wise, it's it's further than the miles. It, you know, it's probably at least an hour, hour and a half to get where Matt is or where I am. At least, and, not, and, and John, even though I seem like an out outgoing guy, I go to my school and then I go home. I I drop my kids off at dance school and home. But do I'm you a, travel a lot for the fights? Seems yeah, like I'm you do. Rob's fight, then I'm doing something in Boston for Dana White looking for a fight. Dana White looking for a fight. The uh, the show. Do you I do any? Do you do the fights at all, Jim? You know, I last one I went to was uh, I went to uh, here at the garden. I think it was uh, what was the fight? The last fight I went to was the first time in like three years I have been. Um, Jimmy travels my, for his work. Jimmy's a comedian. I don't know. if Yeah, I, I'm always on the I'm not on the road even as much. Uh, but the last time I went to a fight, it was not the uh, oh, was it, it was uh, Izzy Pereira. I think that was the last fight I was at was uh, I believe that was the fight I was you know, at. He's I can't one of our guys. What's that? He's one of our guys. Who, uh, Pereira. Pereira, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that was the last fight I he's was like at. my grandson. Really? Because he's from him. Glover. Because it's like Glover's like yeah. my son. I've had Glover since his first fight. You know, yeah, he used yeah. to live my he used to live in my guest house and teach the kids class at the gym to pay his rent. You know, you know what they say, John. You show me your friends. You show me who you are. Chuck, Glover, all great people. 
Yeah. Just like guy. you, John Ackleman. Uh, thanks, man. God, thank you, man. Seriously. Thanks, Sean, for coming hey, on. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And thank you, everybody. Uh, a great, great show uh, with, with John and, and Nazim. And Matt, I will see you in two days. Jimmy, I was really upset I did not make your show. What's okay, buddy? You want to feel? I got it. I, I happens. You sounded like you were I, I sick. Heard it, I heard it was great. I heard you killed. I do. It was a really good unless crowd. They, sold out. Lying to me, unless they're lying to me. But. No, I was, I was happy. It was sold out, so I was thrilled. All right, brother. Come see me uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday night, in here at the Fat Black Pussycat. And then uh, May 20th, Montclair, uh, the Wellmont Theater is now on sale. All right, buddy. I'll see you soon. Later, Jimmy. Bye, everyone. Yeah, bye.